Hi, this is uh, your host, Bobby, from Talking Comics. I uh, just want to let you guys know before you start the episode, we had a few audio issues. Brad's independent mic feed kind of got messed up, so I had to use just the Skype feed. So there's a little bit of um, audio issues right at the beginning, and then the audio is not particularly crisp on Brian or Brad's audio throughout the show. Um, this will be fixed by next week. I just want to let you guys know that it wasn't your iPods or your MP3 players or whatever. So sit back and enjoy Talking Comics. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Comic Book Podcast, brought to you by the staff of Talking Comics. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with the Man of Steel from Sound Beach, Steve Say. Pop, pop! The Boston Brainiac, Brad Jones. (laughs) And the Hartford hero, Brian Verderosa. Whale, once, twice in a lifetime. He just quoted Mallrats. Wait, was it, wait, I did. It's always left to Brian to bring all the energy to a screeching halt with a random reference nobody knows. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to do the city thing, so I, I, I was on, on the spot. Come on. <laughs> so, I know. It was, I'm trying to get energy. Big all energy. Right, right. Big energy. Um, Breakfasts come and go, Renee. Come on. He, Brian won't leave it alone. He won't let it I die. Won't, I won't. He won't let it die. That's his superhero. <laughs> That's my power. That's power. Won't let it die, man. Won't let it die. Oh, oh my God, Mary! This joke—it's—it's it's leaving us. Get Brian; he'll find a way. <laughs> oh, all right. So, um, for those of you tuning in for the first time, um, Talking Comics is a blog at talkingcomicbooks.com where we review um, comic books. Funny enough, and uh, we covered all the new DC Fifty Two, and we're continuing to do that now. Um, we also have covered some Marvel books. Um, we've done some uh, movie reviews. A, a review of Batman Year One is up on the site right now, and we will talk about that t- tonight. Um, also, the review of The Walking Dead Season 2 premiere, uh, written by Brad Jones, is up, and we'll talk about that tonight. Um, also, we have the Avengers trailer uh, came out, and we'll also speak of that because that's a pretty big deal in the comic book world. But let's start off with the meat and potatoes of the uh, Talking Comics, the comic book podcast. Um, the books that we read this week. Um, Brian, uh, what books did you read this week? Well, I only had uh, four of the new 52. Uh, I had Green Lantern number two, Batgirl number two, Batman Robin number two, and Suicide Squad number two. And a non-DC book, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season nine, you guessed it, number two. So those were my five. And uh, Green Lantern was... Awesome. Uh, the first issue we talked about last week, kind of a little bit Sinestro, a little bit Hal Jordan, kind of in separate worlds. Well, they collide uh, this month, and it's a it's a really fast read. It's super um, action based, but with a ton of character and plot going on at the same time. And I, I read the book in probably two and a half or three minutes. <laughs> that's that's how fast paced it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of good back and forth between Sinestro and Hal. And uh, we kind of learn a little bit more about Sinestro's plan, about about this whole yellow ring, green ring thing he has going on, and how we don't know yet why he doesn't have his ring, um, but he gets a, a gift from Sinestro of sorts, which is uh, which has some strings, strings attached. attached. But it's a really good read. Uh, Jeff Johns kills it. Batman and Robin. No, I'm going to save that one for last. Batgirl number two. Oh, by the way, I, I read Green Lantern. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, it was cool. It was definitely very cool. Um, the whole kind of MacGuffin that they set up uh, mm-hmm. with uh, what Hal's relationship is to Sinestro now, I thought made it the initial kind of showing of it. I was kind of disinterested, but the mm-hmm. way they kind of flipped that 
turn on its head. I'm being intentionally vague so that people who haven't read the book don't get yeah. it. Um, but people who read the book will know what I'm talking about. Um, the way it flipped, I, I thought, totally re-energized me into their relationship. And I'll be interested to see um, where it goes from here. But yeah, good, definitely a good, a good read. Um, Batgirl number two. Bat- Batgirl is probably my favorite of the number ones. And it is the exact opposite of Green Lantern as far as the, um, uh, the saturation. It took me a lot longer to read this book because there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of um, narration. And I kind of got drawn into every panel much more so than I do usually. And this new villain, Mirror, is super interesting. They do a lot in 22 pages. You're able to get a lot of Barbara's personal life. You're going to get a lot of Batgirl. you got a lot of the villain, um, some of the mythology. It's all, it's exceptional. And uh, it is taking my place as the number one uh, book I'm looking forward to every month. Wow, that's crazy because you didn't really like that book last month. No, no, Batgirl I did. Oh, Batgirl, sorry, I'm sorry. Can I jump yeah. in for a second? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yes, sir. Uh, I read Batgirl as well, and uh, I thought it was fantastic. I really like how they're exploring Barbara and her having to cope with her previous accident and getting mm-hmm. used to being out on the streets, fighting the good fight and all of that. Uh, Mira is an absolutely just an awesome, awesome villain that's got you know major potential to do some damage and uh the book is a must must read for anybody that's a fan so yeah and cool. the, and the, the villain's got levels too it's not you know just oh it's a cool thing you know there, there's a lot going on very nice uh, before you jump in let's uh, let's just pass it along we'll come back to you cuz i don't want to be anybody too long just talking to everybody else kind of just sits there silently so uh yeah <laughs> so Brad um <laughs> what books do you have this week what did I have this week? Brad, Brad you had two Pass. books. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I believe you had Legion Lost. Oh, yeah. And Legion Lost, I actually, uh, I actually really enjoyed much more than the first one. I was really alarmed and shocked and alarmed. I was alarmed <laughs> that I liked it as much as I did because I hated the first one so much. Right. You got alarmed but, uh, twice? <laughs> I was alarmed. I was doubly alarmed. He was alarmed. Then he got shocked. By how alarmed he was, and, and then, then alarmed. I was alarmed by that shocking alarm. Yes. So yeah, um, no, it, the book just had had some focus. I was following a character and was able to to figure out what the hell was going on, pretty much, um, emotionally and and artistically and storily. I don't know. Right, because your problem with the first one was kind of too many characters. It was just a mess. Right. The first book is a mess. And for someone who has who knows nothing about the Legion of Superheroes, then I would say that it's it is not an excellent jumping off point by any stretch of the imagination. Gotcha. Um but yeah, I wound up really enjoying this one and it didn't matter to me that I didn't know who the hell anybody was. You know, it's like, Oh, you're the Wolverineish guy and you're kind of Psylocke ish and and I can I can at least figure out who you are from page to page. But like there there was a cool emotional arc to the story that kind of I don't know it was focused. You followed one character through this this whole arc, and it like it made sense in the context of of a book to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, uh, Mr. Terrific, I think was your other book. And Mr. Terrific, that yeah, that book is still kind of poop. I feel like still poop. <laughs> the um, Brad I, stamp I, of poop. It's the stamp of poop. It's Mr. It, it's a sop. A sop. It, it's just not, it's not great. It's, it's another one of those, like, not really super, well, I mean, I, I get, he's, you get more origin story, I guess, of him, but, but it's just not good. It's very, it's trite and predictable mm-hmm. and, and it, it's, you've seen this story done so much better about a bajillion times. So that one's one that I'm looking forward to Xing off after right. next month. Next month we'll have, we'll have a nice fun cut day where we get to cut the books we don't want to read anymore. Um, but on to some more enjoyable books. Yeah, Steve? go for it. Um, let's talk about Grifter number two. Uh, Grifter number one was a little bit of a uh, shifty little number. Right. It uh, starring the famous Josh O'Halloran. Yes, the <laughs> Josh O'Halloran of the comic book world. However, um, this issue, we actually start to 
get a little bit more into the paranoia of this character hearing these alien voices inside of his head constantly. He's not getting any sleep. He's not able to eat. Um, everybody around him's after him, and he basically in this book we amped that up a lot. And by the end of the book, we got a pretty awesome chase scene, and there's some major stuff going down. So I'm really happy to report that the second issue is much better than the first, and it might actually turn out to be a really cool book if they can keep turning up the heat. Uh, it might actually be something worth picking up. So cool. There, there you go. Cool. 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 Um, what else did you have this week? Let's see. We had uh, Stormwatch number two. Oh boy, the comic with lots of stuff going on. That's the that's the tagline. <laughs> I just want to take a really quick time to to read you some of the dialogue of this. Uh, but big picture, the moon has come alive, and one of your team is missing on it. Awuga, awuga. What are you going to do? Is the dancing baby in this book? <laughs> this is the kind of dialogue that they share with one another. This team mm-hmm. that is, you know, they're 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 Stormwatch. They're watching over the planet. Storm. They're watching over some intergalactic stuff going on. There's a guy on the moon. He's having a conversation with this gigantic eyeball that's threatening to destroy the planet. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's like. It's it's all over the place. It's a little bit better than the first book. Um, I got to tell you, the I don't like the interaction between the characters, and I could really care less about bringing Apollo into the team. I still think he's a jerk. But the stuff that's happening on the moon, um, things are are the moon's coming apart, and enemies are forming from the the rocks, and there's portals going on. I don't know. Basically, by the end of the book, we get a really, really nice two-page panel of some major, major stuff going on back on Earth, and there seems to be a whole lot more on its way. Um, It's still a wait and see. It's not the best book that I'm reading right now. I'm not willing to write it off just yet, but I'm I'm hanging on by a a thin string, if you will. By a giant eyeball. Yes, I'm hanging on by the world. one of those tentacle things that they <laughs> stick in Harry's ears to get his uh, his information. You wouldn't know anything about that unless you read the book. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what like are I you said, talking th- about? There's a lot going on. There's Steve, a- th- this, you, got, you got to calm down. This book is driving you to madness. <laughs> This book, I don't, I don't want. Well, to he has one of those little tentacle things in his ears right now. I do. <laughs> All right, um, what like Wrath of Khan style? Yeah, I don't like, know Wrath of Khan style. The little bugs well, they put in their ears. I've only seen one episode of Star Trek. Well, it's in the ever. movie. The movie. Did you see the new movie? I've yes. Well, they put that thing in his ear. Yes. No, yeah, like the bug. Things. The little yeah, bug. The, thing, the bug. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll jump over to me for just one second. Um, well, more than a second. I uh, I read uh, Superboy number two. Time's up. <laughs> uh, Scott <Brian>, Love. Over <laughs> to you. <laughs> Damn it! Hoisted on my own petard. Um, so I and read sports. <laughs> so I read Superboy number two, uh, written by Scott Lobdell, and I really liked issue one a lot, and I liked the integration with Teen Titans and it seemed like okay Superboy is leaving this episode I can always say that issue one to go take on the Teen Titans you know the whole thing he's a clone raised in a lab this issue begins with a flashback to this the first scene in, in of issue one um which is a good scene and then we get into what is a good action story has some good character moments and you know I enjoyed but it feels like it's spinning its wheels. It feels like it, it feels like what they call like a bottle episode in television, which is let's put our characters in this one place so we don't have to move the story along anymore. You know, it's so we can you know it's like a, a filler episode is what it feels like to me. And yeah, well, is all the action going to be in, in Teen Titans? I I don't know. This, the thing about this is that what I was looking forward to after reading um, Superboy number one and Teen Titans number one was like I could see the intersection. And this issue feels like a detour from the intersection. It yeah. feels like it doesn't even feel like the next thing we're going to see is Superboy, you know, against the Teen Titans. Uh, what happens in this, this um, issue is supposed to be kind of a cliffhanger, but um, 
I think the point of the story is to show what Superboy can do, but unfortunately, I think that he did such a good job of establishing the character in the first issue that we don't really learn anything new about him. Um, that being said, there's nothing not... The only thing bad about the issue, I said this in my review, is that it just feels unnecessary because everything that's there is good. It just doesn't feel weighty or part of a bigger story. And for an issue two, that seems a little bit like an odd choice to me. Um, the direct opposite of that is uh, Demon Knights, uh, written by Paul Cornell, which I extolled last week on the podcast and I'll extol again this week. It's just a kick-ass book. It's just, this whole issue is just immortal warriors fighting lots and lots and lots of dragons. They're fighting all the dragons. <laughs> you know, it's, they're fighting real dragons. They're fighting metal dragons. They're, you know, it's just uh, a crazy amount of magic a, a, and really good character moments kind of sealed into this big action. You really get to know all of these people. And they're big, all big, over-the-top people, but um, it really, really works. Um, the only thing is there's so much stuffed into the issue, and it's kind of a short issue that I feel like the new characters they kind of toss in get shortchanged a little bit, but that could all change, obviously, going forward. Uh, Steve, you read it, right? Yeah, I read it too, and uh, I just wanted to say that I really like how all the characters uh, are different from one another. They've all got different skill sets. They all lend a different part mm-hmm. to the story, and uh, they all seem to be coming together to you know start to maybe form some kind of a team yeah. against all this stuff going on, and there is a lot of really, really cool, yeah. huge things going on in this book, yeah. and... Uh, Really colorful and just a very, very fun read. Yeah. And um, it's got the, the demon is one of the main characters. And he's rhyming away. Yeah. There it is. So it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty fun. Uh, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, Brian, let's jump, let's jump back to you a little bit. Sure. Uh, Suicide Squad number two was awesome. <laughs> it was, uh, it's a big action set piece from uh, start to finish. And it is pretty violent. It's, um, you know, it's all these villains, obviously, and they are there's some pretty terrible people, both that they're fighting and that are on the team. And it doesn't pull any punches. It's also has a good sense of dark humor as well. It isn't quite the the whimsy that the original book had been, but that's fine. It's, new, you know, new, new decade, new rules, and I'm really liking it a lot. Cool. Did you just use the tagline from Scream 4? <laughs> You totally did. <laughs> Does your I... beard end in the point of a knife? <laughs> <laughs> did you resurrect David Arquette's career or not? I want to say something. I can't say anything for that. <laughs> uh, um, you, know, but... you know, it's a new decade, new rules. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz marketing for Scream 4. <laughs> too little, too Sorry. late. Yeah. Um, now out on Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some comic books. Let's talk about some comic books. Yeah. Buffy, All right, Buffy, I'm taking it then. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right. season nine, issue number two, uh, from Dark Horse Comics, uh, is really cool. It, the issue one was kind of like, uh, hey, we did some really heavy stuff uh, last year with the end of season eight. We're giving you a nice little break, a fun story. And this one kind of kicks it into, okay, stuff's getting real right now. So uh, it's it's still Buffy. It's still fun. And the dialogue is there. It's written by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. But they've introduced uh, the villain. And it, it it's definitely something I'm lo- looking forward to. It's not going to pay off for probably three years. <laughs> right. How long was the season eight? 40 issues. 40 so about, issues. About, about wow. three years. Yeah. That's a long time. It's true. Oh, and Steve... I keep forgetting to call you. You should go to my house and borrow season eight. My dad has it waiting for you. I actually um, just purchased, I think, volumes one and two, and I bought the two issues of season nine just so that I'm all caught up when the time comes. So what you're telling me is that I just made you waste a whole bunch of money. Okay. No, it wasn't a whole bunch of money. I'm a pretty thrifty shopper on the old Amazon.com. <laughs> Fair enough. And that takes me to my favorite book of the, of the week, Batman Robin number two. Now, this is what I was talking about. You didn't yes. like this book last month. No, I did not. You hated it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. I was really unhappy with you it. You hated and, Robin, right? Well, well, I still don't like Robin, but the, the thing is that all the problems that I had with Bruce and kind of everything kind of getting uh, sh- shoved, 
shuffled, shoved, shoved under the rug. Shoveled. Shuffled, shuffled under the rug. <laughs> Shoved. 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 Uh, it all comes to light here. It's actually more of a Batman and Alfred book. Robin's in it um, minimally. Uh, but it's a lot of dialogue between Bruce and Alfred. And it, it, it clears up a lot of the issues that I had. You know, the motivations and, and the fears that he's got and why he's taken uh, Damien under his wing um, and whatnot. There's a heartbreaking panel with Alfred, like, watching Damien. That's, that's really good. And yeah, just kind of did a complete 180 for me. I'm uh, I'm out now feeling a bit more confident in Peter Tomasi's uh, plan, and uh, I'll be looking forward to 30 days from now, or 23 days. Right. <laughs> but also looking forward to 30 days from now. You don't, you know, you're not a depressed guy. <laughs> I'm only looking forward to 29 days from now. Is that when you get out of your program? I can't think that far in advance. <laughs> if I think any farther than 29 days, I just spiral into a depression. My head will actually explode. <laughs> Steve. Let's talk about some Deathstroke. Do we have to? Uh, hopefully not for long. Deathstroke 2. Okay, now. <laughs> can't wait. <It> exists. <laughs> can't wait for, uh, for my, third, uh, my third go at this series so that I can decide whether or not to uh, can it or not. Uh, this was, you mentioned the bottle episode mm -hmm. earlier. Yes, that is the exact, uh, what this book would be. They don't further the plot at all in this book. Uh, we still do not know the contents of the mysterious briefcase from issue number one. And pretty much all we get is Deathstroke being Deathstroke. And for me, that's not enough to drive the book. I need some story. You get him, tune. yeah. Just you get him hacking up people. There's a huge uh, battle on the highway, and there's this big mech thing that comes out. Basically, what they did was they filled all the pages with like these huge, huge set pieces and these bloody and epic battles. But there's no, there's no substance behind all the action. That even though it's going on and it's supposed to be pretty and entertaining, by the time that you get to the book, nothing was further nothing was done so it was just more deathstroke not meeting any kind of challenge and it's just anything that they've thrown at him he's just batted it away like it was you know a fly buzzing around his face mm -hmm. i'd really really like for them to bring something to the table where it's actually a threat to this guy because right now he just he can't be stopped and he's already got a bad attitude so for me that's boring Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I really third issue. If it's still not doing it, I can't wait to get rid of it. So that's death. That's a carpocalypse on the cover. It is. It does say carpocalypse. And uh, you know, spoiler: <laughs> the giant mech thingy's name is Road Rash. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a GI Joe character. Oh, it's born we won. It probably <laughs> was. It was a game for the Genesis, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was. All right. It was let's. A good game uh, for the Genesis. Let's move on to Resurrection Man. Brian? Resurrection Man. There you Resur go. All right. Um, Resurrection Man continues to be really, really cool. Uh, it's got so many cool things in it. It's got angels. It's got demons. It's got like... The Da Vinci Code? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got like buxom giant guns and na uh, daggers Wait, buxom guns buxom buxom women <laughs> okay with guns and, word there. and knives guns. shut up guns the with big boobs you've ever yeah. seen on a set of guns <laughs> all right we've got resurrection man looking into his past trying to find his father trying to get some information as to who he is um, get a really, really awesome scene of him using his newest power to fight the two ladies that are trying to uh, entrap him. They're all after his soul. We still don't know why his soul is so special, but apparently it's enough to send all this demonic crap his way, so it's got to be something good. I don't know if it's tasty or what, but um, awesome, awesome book, and uh, where they leave it at the end has me uh, foaming at the mouth for issue number three because he winds up in a place that is very foreboding and looks pretty nasty. So I'm curious as to where they're going to go with that. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and any other new fifty two books left? Yeah. So you got a couple. You got a lot of books. Yeah, this week. I did. I had the most books uh, this week. All right, so let's go to me for a second and then we'll go back to you. Fine. <laughs> um I uh jump, I have no more new fifty two books, but I did read um Ultimate Comic Spider Man, uh the new Ultimate Comic Spider Man, issues one, two, and three. Um, the new Spider Man, Miles Morales. And it's really kind of Bendis at his best right now. Um first of all, M- Morales hasn't been in a he is not Spider Man yet. He's he has his powers, but he hasn't been in the suit in, in three issues. And I don't even care because he's such an interesting character. It's a totally different origin than, than Peter Parker. I mean, obviously he gets bit by a spider, but the, his kind of surrounding origin is, is totally different. Um, and also uh, it takes place concurrently um, so far with the timeline of the death of Spider-Man arc. So it really gives a lot of weight to that arc if you've read it, because you see other people getting affected, um, other non-superhero people getting affected by the death of Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So it's it was it's a really cool book. Uh, the art is really nice, and it, he's different Spider-Man. He's not sarcastic, so it's a little bit different speed. But I'm I'm really I'm really digging it. Um, and also you can pick it up like easy to pick up and read without having any prior knowledge. There's a little bit of um, kind of Norman Osborn business going on at the beginning, but you know, all you need to really know is that Norman Osborn is nefarious. That's all you really need to know. Um, and then I read uh, X-Men Regenesis, which was a one-shot uh, issue leading into the two new X-Men books that are going to start in the coming months, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men and uh, the new un- the Uncanny X-Men. Um, it comes right off the heels of the X-Men Schism uh, miniseries, which I didn't read. Uh, so I picked this book up being like, Hey, I'll take this bridge. I'll be able to read these next two books. And the book is good, but the book is very much, I feel like you, if you haven't read an X-Men book in a while, you'll be completely lost. Um, Marvel does a good job of in the beginning of all their books. They like, they have like their previously on page, which is a big help. And it tells you what happens in schism. And basically it's that Wolverine and Cyclops are at odds. Um, there was a big disaster and Wolverine is kind of on the side of, going back and reforming the school and being, you know, students again and kind of ending this battle. And Cyclops wants to go to war, wants to defend the mutants and, you know, fight when they have to fight. And they're pick- and the, uh, the issue is about picking, trying to, like, leech X-Men from each other. Some will go back to Westchester to the school and some will stay at, at uh, Utopia, which is their island in San Francisco. Um, it was an interesting book, but it felt very much like a bridge thing. It felt very much, there was nothing much happened in it. It was just this kind of, uh, moving pieces kind of situation. Um, and also because I've read an X-Men book and I can't even tell you how long there were, na- there had na- naming characters. And I was like, I don't know who any of you are. Like there was, the, I knew all the big ones were, but they were, t- they were just naming people's names. I was like, I don't know who that is. Uh, I was like, Oh, storm. I know who you are. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh Iceman. Yeah. Beast. Um, yeah, but, um, it was still good, and I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna read one of the two um, resulting books. It will probably be um, Wolverine and the X Men, just because I agree with Wolverine's politics a little bit more. So I gotta if I gotta choose, <laughs> I gotta choose a side. Um, but no, it was a cool book. Uh, I'm sure it's like the Michelle Bachman of comic book characters. <laughs> just really dig. I really uh, I'm really picking up what uh, he's laying down. <laughs> I really uh. Uh, I, I'm sure if you were a longtime fan of the X-Men that it's, uh, it makes much more sense and it's probably much more satisfying as a conclusion to the schism uh, arc. Um, but for me, it just didn't do a, a whole lot for me. Um, so, Steve, it's back to you then. It is back to me, isn't it? It is. All right. Um, part of the new 52, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, number two. Absolutely just awesome. Uh, I really, really dug the first issue about halfway through they really cranked up the action and got everybody kind of settled in uh this book takes uh, takes place exactly where the first one left off and we get lots more uh character development from frankenstein and his uh creature commandos i think they're called and it's really cool to see we get at least one really hefty backstory of the person the the woman that kind of put the creature commandos together and how they were made, and mistakes that were made before they were able to get it right, so on and so forth. 
Uh, huge, huge battle scenes. There's this one page that I absolutely love, which is Frankenstein himself just cutting a swath through like at least a hundred demons in one shot with a gigantic sword, blood everywhere, this big grit teeth look on his face. It's just awesome. Um, what was going on in the first book comes to light. They they tell you what's going on, and basically what happens is they've got to go down into the water, and they find a portal, and I won't give anything away, but it leads to some pretty epic stuff going on by the end of the book, and it really does just look like it's going to get better and better. Um, one of my favorite books of the New 52, drawn beautifully. Uh, all the characters are really cool, and I just can't wait to see what everybody else brings to the table. Really cool book. Nice. I'm excited about that book. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. My last book of New 52 would be Batwoman number two. Uh, Batwoman was my favorite book from the New 52 last week, and it still remains to be my favorite. Uh, the artwork, again, is just absolutely gorgeous. You got panels where Batwoman is doing damage to people, and they've got these little boxes cordoned off of x-ray shots of bones breaking and things twisting around, all kinds of stuff. Uh, lots and lots of backstory in this one as to some of the players. You got Agent Chase, who is uh, part of the organization that's after the Batwoman, and her cop friend, whose name escapes me right now. <laughs> but she uh, seems to be friends with uh, the, Batwoman. Is it Maggie Sawyer? Yes, it is Sawyer. Yes, Agent okay. Sawyer. Um, she's friends with uh, Batwoman out of the costume. So it's a little, you know, a little bit hectic for them to get along when one doesn't know about the other. Uh, oh, they, to be a superhero. Oh, to be a superhero and have to hide from all your friends. Uh, lots and lots of beautiful panels, beautiful art going on. The story is fantastic. It's still creepy. And the thing that I really took away from this, there's also a side plot with Batman that I'm not going to give away because... It's very intriguing, but I'm not quite sure how I feel about it just yet. I won't talk about it probably till next week. But one of the coolest things about this book is that there is this weeping woman who is still terrorizing Gotham and stealing children of the night, uh, basically forming into a solid and crying into their mouths to drown them and then throwing them at the bottom of the river. You read some weird books. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's But I, what, is a, what is a specter like? How does this tie in to the organization, or does it, that's going after the Batwoman? Is this something completely separate? Is this something that she can actually do something about? Is Batwoman going to be performing some exorcisms? We don't know. Uh, last page, just awesome. Have no idea at all where it's going to go, but I absolutely cannot wait until the next issue. It's my favorite book. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Good so stuff. what you're telling me is that Batman appears in this book? He appeared in the last book, Brian. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying Batman's in Yes, in and he book. had a proposition for Batman. Batman is in every book. <laughs> but in this, in this book, we actually get to find out what that proposition is. And it's quite intriguing. I just don't know how they would pull it off. So, with that being said, we'll just have to wait for issue three. We will. To find out. We, in fact, cool. will. Uh, and you had a couple of indie books you want to go through real quick? I got one one book that I, I really do want to mention uh, from this company called Zenoscope that I've been reading for the last couple of years. I absolutely love them. Uh, I think their biggest hit has been the uh, Grim Fairy Tales series. There seems to be hundreds of issues. I own at least 12 volumes worth of them. Uh, a really, really cool company. They got some really amazing writers and amazing artists. Um, they have this new book. That serves as kind of an origin story. This Sella uh, Matthews is actually the hostess of the Grim Fairy Tale book. She's kind of the woman that goes around and puts all of the people in the situations to have the lesson learned based off of the fairy tales. So this is pretty much her story of how she became uh, to come to that position. And it's super, super cool. The artwork is fantastic. Uh Pretty much the story is her father buys a library and they find a room at the bottom of the library that contains a bunch of magical books and they end up opening one and these like crazy time tornadoes or story tornadoes burst out and all of these characters from all these famous books, uh, Hercules, the Minotaur, Wicked Witch of the West, 
all of these crazy famous characters are coming out and wreaking havoc in the real world and sucking Sela and her brother who was with her into all these different lands where they go against all of these classic villains and characters and all hell's breaking loose. And it's just a really, really super cool setup. And because I know about the character, it's really, really interesting to read her backstory and find out exactly how she became as powerful as she is in the other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, super, super cool. It just started. There's two issues out, another one on the way. Um, if you're into Grimm's fairy tales or just like a little bit of a light read, this is a little bit lighter audience than their normal books. Their other books are a little bit more adult themed. Um, this one is safe for everybody and it's super, super cool if you're looking to pick up on a new company that's doing some really cool things. All right. So I endorse it. Very nice, Steve. Very nice. Bring a little indie side to the show. That's what I do. All right. So that's it for our books we've been reading. Um, if you want full reviews of all the books, go to TalkingComicBooks.com. Uh, um, so let's move on to a little bit uh, more uh, in the entertainment field. We have a couple things to talk about here. Um, well, last night was the premiere of season two of The Walking Dead. Um, and Bradley, you were a review of it. So why don't you uh, lead our discussion about The Walking Dead? I did, well, first of all, did everybody watch it? I did. I did. Yes, I did. The answer is yes, we did all watch it. Yes, we yep. did all watch it. Well, I mean, my review's up, so I think that, that the universe knows. And by the universe, I, I should hope all all three of you. So <laughs> so how did you feel about, about The Walking Dead, season well, I, two, episode one? Brian? I, I finished the episode right before we recorded because I had a, a pretty big day. Uh, so I did not read your review because oh, I didn't want to be spoiled. Dexter. By. I don't want to talk about Dexter. Is Dexter based on my comic book, Bradley? It should be. It feels like it is. <laughs> All right. Walking um, Dead, Brian, go. I, I think it's the best episode since this, uh, the series premiere. Mm-hmm. I, was, I agree. I was blown away I, by I it. kind of agree, too. It was like the first five minutes or so, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I, I didn't really buy the, all right, Morgan, I'm talking to you. Well, it's the worst part of the show. That's the worst part yeah. of the entire episode. Yeah. Is and that then, voiceover at the beginning, that when, walkie-talkie when the, thing? When the herd comes through, I'm like holding my breath the mm-hmm. whole time. It was it was harrowing and captivating. I think that um, I haven't got we haven't gotten that level of intensity since the premiere mm-hmm. of of the of the series, and I'm expecting resolution to the conflict that we've been dealing with for you know 50 minutes, and then something else happens. Yeah, and, and I went. Holy f! Yeah, that last <laughs> moment. I my idea of wa- Walking Dead in general is that I really liked last season, but for me, every episode that kind of came, I kind of was into it less last year. I agree. You know, I was really into the premiere, and I, I don't think the quality of the acting or the filmmaking or the writing really ever suffered. It just felt like there was no direction where the show was going, and I thought the finale was okay. You know, I, I thought it had a couple cool moments, but overall, I didn't feel was a real conclusion to what was going on. This episode, A, the way it ends, is very different from the rest of the show, because I always feel like the way the show ends is never like, a, I, oh, I, can't, I can't believe what's going to happen next week. You know, that's not usually how the, this episode's end in the first season. But um, I, I was, I'm into it. I like the idea of the, there seems to be like an overarching idea. We have... The group's starting to splinter a little bit now. Um, I, I'm I'm a huge fan. I think Andrew Lincoln, except for that beginning moment, it's uh, awful. The beginning moment is awful. Yeah, it it feels like oh you didn't watch it last year. Let me tell you what happened. And that's what it feels that's just, like. It's just such a random thing. Like, wouldn't it be ridiculous if you caught somebody speaking into a walkie-talkie like that? It would be. Yes. Well, also, where he is too. It's like, aren't you guys on the road? Yeah. Did you did you you stopped at this building? Yeah. You, you you want some scope? Yeah. Well, isn't he on top of the building? He is on, on top of a top building. Of the building, yes. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. It's um, weird. It was really stupid and it's forced, but yeah. I don't. Think, yeah, I don't think Andrew Lincoln has done a better job performance wise than in the entire series than he did this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, what do you think? Uh well, let me just say I uh, I'm a huge fan of the books. And uh, I wasn't really too enamored with the first season. I really I thought it started strong, and as it went along, it kind of started to wane a little bit for me. 
Uh, I do understand that it's a character-driven story. It always has been. Like, the zombies just kind of facilitate yeah. what's going on. Um, but last night's episode completely got me back on board. Was, uh, totally into it. The The scene in the beginning was a little bit much. Um, we can but, all agree. The yeah. scene in the beginning is not good. Right. Uh, but uh, the, moment, the moment with the herd... And everybody having to to get underneath the cars mm-hmm. and uh, Andrea in the in the RV. Mm-hmm. That whole scene. That, oh, first of all, the makeup job that they're doing. I don't know if they're using. I mean, I know they're using practical effects. Yeah. But um, if they're using CGI, I really cannot tell uh very much yeah. if they're if they're doing that or not. And it just every all the zombies just look so amazing, particularly. The RV sequence. That the one. R- that the one RV was... zombie is the best zombie they've had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one. That one was incredible. Yeah. Um, I love all that stuff. So I just, I really, really dug that. Um, I do have a little bit of a gripe with the the show overall, and it's been kind of an issue for me from the beginning, and it persists, especially in the season uh, premiere of of the one we just watched. They're too damn loud. They're going through the cars and they're doing what they're doing. They're slamming car doors. They're opening things and they, they're talking at a regular volume and, and sometimes shouting to one another to come over here and look at this. And just it in the books and in general, that if you were surrounded by zombies, like it's known that they work a lot off of audio cues. If they hear you, they come for you. And it just feels like they're not being cautious enough, especially uh, first season when they're in the campsite. And they're just kind of like lackadaisical about it for a little bit, and then they get attacked. So I'm just wondering at what point that they're going to kind of start to smarten up a little bit, because it seems like a lot of what's happened might be their own fault. Well, I mean, I can understand what we are coming from, but it's a television show. It's not a book. They, I can't, they can't be whispering the entire time. Get over here. I, I'm very angry with you. you. They can't be doing that. I know. It's dramatically it doesn't play. It would be silly. I would just like a little bit more trepidation when it comes to to how they're gonna, you know, advance and and open. I don't know. I I <laughs> I, I, I just have five more words I want to say on the matter. Rick Grimes needs a silencer. Yeah. Well, none of them have silencers on their guns. No, I know, but he, but he's 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 Rick. But and I just, I'm actually gonna like disagree with Steve for a little bit in terms of like the sound, oh, like the sound design of the show, because I think that like there were beats in the show that that highlight the fact that they're very loud, and it's not like it, it's not that I think that they're ignorant and loud and stomping around, but how would you sound if the rest of the world were dead? That's a very it good would, point, touche, Brad. You know, it would be, you would feel like you were very loud. I feel like even walking around and speaking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, the last moment, the last scene, the, like the, the way it feels like it's kind of going one way. And then, I mean, what happened? I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it. It just aired last night. So I'm not going to, we're not going to spoil it. But um, what happened was the last thing I expected to happen at that moment. Mm-hmm. I had like four bad things that were happening in my brain at the same time. And none of those four things happened in that moment. So oh, I, I, I didn't expect that exact thing to happen, but I expect, expected something terrible to happen. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had an idea that it happened to. Yes, but I had like four scenarios in my brain like, this could go wrong, this could go wrong, this could go wrong, this could go wrong, and none mm-hmm. of those things happened. You know, something I, else really bad happened. So, um, All right. But overall, it, well, I think it was a super solid uh, season premiere. Agreed. Anything else to say about The Walking Dead or can we... We can think we move on, but it did break the record for a uh, uh, highest rated cable drama for like eighteen to forty nine. Awesome, okay, whatever. So it's like four point cool. three million or something like that. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Batman Year One. Steve, you want to run down that real quick? Sure. Batman Year One was pretty damn good. Um, I hope that you're a fan or or that you you know when you're watching Batman Year One that this is a story of Bruce Wayne returning from all of his training, being abroad, and basically getting the skills that he needs to come back to Gotham and avenge his parents, and that he's just starting out. So things are going to be a little clumsy, he's going to make mistakes, and he's probably at the most vulnerable that he's ever been uh, as Batman. Also, 
you get a huge, huge story arc, uh, almost more so of a story from Jim Gordon and his first year in Gotham and basically how he came to Gotham and Gotham was a place of really corrupt cops and everything was, you know, people were being paid to let things slide. And he comes into a really sleazy Gotham and pretty much works his way up the ladder. And uh, just, I've, I've heard, you know, people murmurings of how they thought that there was too much Jim Gordon and not enough Batman. And in my personal opinion, there is no Batman without Jim Gordon. If Jim Gordon didn't come along and learn to trust Batman, I just don't think that he would have had as much of a presence within Gotham as as we know him to have now. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that we tell his side of the story as well, because he's an awesome character. And Brian Cranston, actually, of Breaking Bad, uh, you know, he, he's the the rising phoenix. He's got his career totally blowing up does a absolutely spectacular job as Jim Gordon. His voice is perfect. It fits. Um, Something I'll say that I actually did not care about uh, the movie, absolutely positively did not like Batman's voice for year one. Uh, From right out of the gate, he's the first one to have a narrative, and it sounds like he's line reading in the studio more so than a final cut for a film. Um, he's got a very soft, very kind of dreamy voice, which would be okay if he was just Bruce Wayne. But when it comes from Bruce Wayne to Batman, I just, it doesn't transfer well. And it really did kind of bother me. I just, I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it at all. Oh, but other than the Batman voice. Other than the Batman voice. Seems like a very big complaint in all forms of Batman at this point in the world. Yeah, but there have been people that like you hear. Not Kevin Conroy. Well, not, I'm saying, no. but I'm saying new Batman. New Batman. Right. right. Anyway, wrapping this up really quick. The movie is a page-for-page transfer from the graphic novel, literally. Uh, everything that was, in the, that was in the book is in the movie, and it's just all fantastic. The art, the art that they chose for it to correspond with the book is amazing, and if you're a big fan of the book or you're just a big fan of Batman and want to see how everything began, you're going to love it. So definitely buy it, check it out. Um, I loved it. I've seen it twice, and I'm going to watch it again. Comes out on DVD and Blu-ray on Tuesday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you're probably listening to this today. 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 <laughs> today. Or the 18th, whatever day you're listening to this. Um, yeah. uh, one more little quick thing. Uh, the Green Lantern Blu-ray came out on Friday, and I bought that and watched it. Um, it's an extended cut of the film, and it at basically the most... Really what it adds in for the most part is a new scene at the top of the film that uh, kind of expands on Hal Jordan's childhood a little bit more and deals a little bit more in like his uh, with his father. And you also get to meet in this expanded scene. You see him as a kid with Carol and Hector um, Hammond, who becomes a villain later on in, in the film. Um, for me, uh, the weakest part of the Green Lantern movie is the beginning of the movie. So to extend that, it's just it doesn't feel like anything special to me. I, I don't think the kids are very particularly good. I don't think that anything of that really sails. I don't think the movie really picks up until he becomes the Green Lantern. And then, if the other changes in it are you know just small extensions here and there, that's so there's nothing more notable there. Um, the DVD itself, um, there's a cool feature, uh, the universe according to the Green Lantern, which kind of delves into the character's history, and that's a good feature. And I always think it's cool to hear comic book creators talking about uh, the work they did and how it kind of translated to, into film, because you don't get to hear that that much. Um, but it's um, the transfer's good, the audio's good. It's it's a it's a good Blu-ray um, for a movie that I like but don't love. Um, if you dig the Green Lantern uh, movie, then I'm obviously go out and buy it. Um, uh, on that note, I did. Are you admitting that that movie is not as good as you once thought it was? I re- no, I really like that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Still, yes, yeah. I think really? all the action is really good. I like all the lantern stuff. I think it's inventive and interesting, and it's the movie's colorful when a lot of action movies aren't. Um, I will say this: the cover of the DVD is one of the worst covers of a DVD I've ever seen in my entire life. It looks like oh. Ryan Reynolds. Saying next to ten cartoon characters. I'm looking it up right now. It looks like a Who Friend Roger Rabbit cover. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did get with the movie though a code 
um, for the uh, Yellow Lantern Sinestro Corps Batman skin for Batman Arkham City. It's for the PS3 version. I'm getting the Xbox 360 version. So a lucky listener, get this. Just send an email to info at talkingcomicbooks.com and let us know your favorite book of the new 52. We'll pick one at random, and that person will get an email with a code for the Sinestro Corps Green Lantern skin for Batman Arkham City, um, which is out tomorrow also, um, or today. Uh, and lastly, uh, the Avengers trailer uh, happened this week in the interim of us uh, recording. It did happen. It happened. It's a pretty big deal in the world of comic books and movies. Uh, Brian, what did you think of uh, the Avengers trailer? Uh, I didn't think anything of it because my brain exploded. <laughs> Good one. Shut oh. up. Oh, oh. A new awesome. decade, new rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it kicks ass, and I think that it's a dream come true to have Joss Whedon, hel- Whedon helming this movie. And uh, sure it is. Every- Bradley, be nicer to me. You'd be nicer to me. <laughs> I, I, I thought I loved it. I think that uh, it looks like exactly the movie I want it to be. And mm. uh, it's good to see all of them in the room together. And, and it, it, I don't even believe it's happening. It's six months away. It doesn't make any sense to me. Brad is not as psyched about this movie as you are. Bradley, why don't you uh, chime in? way more cautiously optimistic about it, I think. Um, I, I think it'll be really entertaining. I hope it's really good. I want it to be really good. Um, it doesn't, it, it's a, a okay trailer. I, I like the, um, that like, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't do backflips over like the Avengers. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think I'm worried about it being a balanced movie. You know, I want it to be a good movie, not a cool movie. I want it to be a good, cool movie. It will be okay. a good, cool movie. I'm not so sure. About that. It's because you have your weird problem with Joss okay. Whedon. I don't enjoy Joss Whedon. That's why he's worried I mean, about you've it. You've never experienced Joss Whedon. Yes, I have. He has. He has. Let's be fair. I'm up, I'm up. I, have given, I have given Buffy and Angel chances, and I did not watch Firefly, but I saw Serenity, and that was suffrage. And I'm um, hanging up. I'm hanging up. Blasphemy! <laughs> Is that all that it took? I just I'm, go- to- I'm going back to the lobby. <laughs> Um, I really like, I, and in fact, I super love that, like, that beat, you know, we can't save the Earth, but we can avenge it. I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I hear that Loki has, like, intense fights with every one of the Avengers, which could be cool. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of stories that I want to see in an Avengers movie, and I don't know which one it's going to be. Right. Well, they don't do it. It's not, it's not really a story trailer. It's much more it's, of an action beat story. trailer. Exactly. Um, and much more of a look. These are all them together. Let's see Robert Downey Jr. mouth and off to all of them. Is basically what it is. Basically what it is. Um, I think it was really cool. Uh, I have intense faith in Joss Whedon, especially in his team. Like anything with a team of mismatching people. That's kind of his deal. Um, not just in you know uh, TV and movies. If you read his uh, run on the uh, Astonishing X Men, um, which is a really really good run. Uh, it's all about that as well. Um, super psyched. I think the um, I think what a lot of people were kind of worried about uh, was the visual acumen it was going to have because Joss Whedon, you know, is mostly a TV director. He's directed a, a you know one feature film, um, which is good. It's a really good movie, but it's you know it's not this epic in scope. And I think you know there's no criticism for the visuals at all in it because it looks great. You know, I've had people. I heard somebody say to me that oh yeah, it looks too much like. A Michael Bay Transformers movie, and I'm like, okay, what? It looks beautiful. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, there's it, nothing wrong with the way those movies look. No, there's not. Joss Whedon, but whatever you think about Joss Whedon, he's not Michael Bay. Like his things are all about oh, absolutely. character absolutely. and heart. So like, uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. You know? No, right. I'm I'm worried about balance, and it's not like balance in the sense that I hope, oh, you know, like everybody gets their their fair share. I mean, I I want it to be a good story, right? Altogether, you know, I don't want it to just be like, here's these four really cool superheroes and Scarlett Johansson's tits, and and why is uh why is the Hurt Locker running around, you know, <laughs> you know, and and I, I'm not saying that I got that from this trailer, but that's my feeling going into the movie. 
Gotcha. At this very moment. I gotcha. I thought the trailer was cool. I thought there was cool shit in it. Yeah. I cursed a whole bunch right there, and I apologize. It's all right. To the universe, I said tits and shit. <laughs> Let me just reiterate. I said tits and shit. All right. Let me just to uh. There you oh go. my god. All right. Steve, um, did you weigh in on the trailer? No, not yet. I was too think? busy laughing at Brad's tits and shit comment. <laughs> How can you follow that? I don't know if I can. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this has been Brad, Brian, and Bobby and Steve for Talking Brad Jones, show killer. Um, I think the movie looks like a lot of fun. Um, I'm very... Uh, I, w- I will side with Brad on the, uh, the side of caution that I am curious as to how they're going to balance all the characters out. Um, I don't want it to be a movie where it either focuses on the ones that are more popular than others and the other ones kind of get you know the shaft a little bit i am a little bit concerned about scarlett johansson's uh part tits? in it yeah yeah her tits <laughs> um the thing that i have to the thing that i'm looking forward to the most is seeing loki back on the screen mm-hmm. i think uh for me personally out of all of the movies um with captain america i loved the portrayal of the red skull i thought he was awesome uh haven't seen him in this though but the idea of Loki coming back onto the screen and doing battle with all these different heroes and playing another major role in another comic book movie that's not Thor 2, um, I'm super excited to see him because I, th- I thought that he was awesome in Thor. Yeah. Um, I love Joss Whedon. I love what he does. I love his characters. I love his character interactions mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just really hoping that he brings his A game and we don't wind up with more uh, Storm lines from x-men <laughs> one with uh the toad and the lightning I'm, I'm really hoping that that was just kind of like a hiccup in his ability to do comic book stuff and that we get like you know all the a game in this um i'll be there opening night it looks like a ton of fun and um that's pretty much how i feel about it cool very cool um so that's bringing us to the end of the comic book podcast uh brian if somebody yes, listening wanted to get in touch with us is that possible unfortunately no okay so I'm let's just uh kidding. you can email us at info at talking uh any sort of questions comments you might have also the twitter is at talking comics so talking talking comics is the twitter and that's where we can do some real-time discussion and interaction and of course, the website is talkingcomicbooks.com, where we put the reviews up for uh, all the books every week, and also you know stuff like video game reviews that Bobby has been doing. And when the Blu-ray releases or the movie reviews come out, we'll be doing reviews on that stuff there as well. Absolutely, and also um, if you do listen to us on iTunes, um, if you want to find us on iTunes, either you can either search Talking Comics or you can search the Comic Book Podcast, and we'll come up on either one. Um, Review us if you get a chance, please, or just at least rate us um, and subscribe to the podcast if you do, if you don't already. It, it, you, it's very easy. You click once, you never have to click anything again. So you'll be we'll get right in your ear holes without any button presses. Um, so please do that. Um, and next week we're gonna be back and we'll be talking about a lot of big stuff. We got Justice League number two coming out this week. We've got Batman number two coming out this week. We've got Batman Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. Nope. I did it last week again. Uh, Batman Arkham City coming out, which is a true. Rather, in 35 minutes. In 35 minutes, it's true. It will be out in 35 minutes from the moment of this recording. Let's wrap it up. So we do, so we do need to get you guys on the road. So yeah, we got to gotta go. It oh, it's but true. Before we go away, I do want to thank JC Tracy for our theme song. Yes. Um, it, awesome. It, it kicks ass and, and it makes us feel like um superheroes actually <laughs> when, when it's playing i pretend i'm morphing i pretend like i got yes. hit by cosmic rays and i'm turning wow. into some sort of beast <laughs> it's, it's art inspiring i start crumping every time i hear it hey Crump. bobby do you want to mention the other uh podcast that people can get a hold of oh yes 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 so brian and i do another podcast uh called dr who cast it's with uh mr bj jackson and uh nancy say who is Steve's wife. Ooh la la. Keeping it in the family. If, if you can't get enough say, yeah. you, you just got you got to get Dr. Who cast. Yeah. Also, um, I do another podcast as well called The Need to Know News with uh, Jeff Schaefer. You can find that at theneedtoknownews.com. I think that's all the business we have to deal with right now. I agree. 
All right. So remember, I'm gonna say four, and then you're gonna uh, for Brian, you're gonna say bye or something. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for Brian, bye or something. Brad. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're saying goodbye, Brad. Bye. <laughs> and bye, guys. And Steve. See you next issue. You just ended the show. <laughs> I didn't even say my name yet. <laughs> End it twice. Didn't I end this like 20 minutes ago? I don't think so. This whole show? No. Didn't I say? Didn't Steve? Oh, say, right. Yeah. I mean, isn't that where you're going to edit it? Yeah, that's. I'm edited right at your point where you said. So all of this is just nonsense anyway, it's right? It's true. And it's tits. Tits and what, what, what was it? Tits and shit. Tits and shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right so <laughs> i'm gonna have a real moral problem checking the clean button on this one <laughs> yeah. oh yeah so i guess that's the end of issue three of talking comics tits and shit <laughs>